What do you do? I'm an architect. Not the police show. Show? They were never in the game, the Bulldogs. A, a, a hopeless display by the Bulldogs. They were outclassed, they were out enthused. I have to say, the Bulldogs, I can see they're trying to, or they've changed the way they play, but they haven't got the skill to do it. So many passes go to ground, so many passes go behind players. Their skill level isn't up to, up to first grade level. Hey everyone, it's Rory Nicholson here from Not The Footy Show. This is episode 159, and it's almost happened again. Uh, Rob Cox and I recorded the whole episode 159, and then <laughs> the Des Hasler getting sacked on the Bulldogs news starts to uh, gain momentum. Uh, wish us luck. Let's hope by the time you start listening to this podcast, he hasn't been sacked. I should do the whole show again. Dead set. Deja vu. Enjoy the show, everyone. Throw me a freaking bone here. I'm the boss. Need the info. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 159 of Not The Footy Show, I'm Warwick Nicholson and joined for the second straight week, I mean this thing's becoming regular, it's the cocksmith, Mr. Rob Cox. You let me come back mate, I'm happy to be here. Well, uh, I, I listen, I listen to the people, at least um, one person, uh, his name's Rob Cox in my phone, kept telling me let's do it again. Yeah, I, so, yeah. He's, he's an annoying guy that guy. Uh, he's persistent but it's, uh, it's evidently, we actually pulled up a decent show last week, so thanks to everyone for listening, uh, big thanks to... Uh, the Amco uh, WhatsApp group who have just like pushed our ratings through the roof. Just so you know, I had to give them a shout out, and I've done it in the first five seconds, boys. iTunes ratings, please. And we'll uh, have plenty of stuff to talk about today on the podcast. We're actually doing it post uh, round number four, Cocksmith. Yes, Sunday night uh, in your living room. We're here, Rugby League Central oh, Part mate. Two. It is. It's uh, fantastic. And if you hear anything in the background, it's just my flatmate. He loves Des Hasler. Uh, we're going to go into uh, round four. We're going to talk about Jason Tamalolo, new popcorn magnet on the scene. Uh, a few things about the warming up on the field conundrum or issue that uh, Cogsmith has got and a few other things. We'll also try and find a captain for New South Wales. All that and more in episode 159 of Not The Footy Show. <laughs> Not The Footy Show. Okay, Cogsmith, we have just wrapped up watching your Dragons. Oh, the mighty improved Dragons. Improved to 3-1 on the season. The solution, Josh McCrone, he's playing sensational Top football. Top four. Top four on the ladder, in the ladder. I mean, if we, if we go to the ladder, I mean... I got about three messages during the week from Dragons fans telling me, look where the Dragons are. Mm. Um, I mean, the third, so that's not that impressive. Mm. Uh, but it's a pretty good effort. Uh, the, the stat that was put out on TV, Danny Baderas came out with it. 25 points a game. 25 yeah. points? What? Explain. Mate, I don't know. They're, 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 uh, before the start of this year, they were more renowned for their defence and their attack. Uh, but they're scoring 25 points a game. Fantastic. And, and they are the top scoring team in the NRL after four weeks. I mean, that's just... Oof. Mm. I'm, I'm stunned. Not being able to feather. It's just you know, it's it's amazing because this is the same team that I think scored 105 points all last year. So it's a pretty impressive effort after four weeks. I think Mary might be stunned as well. All right, solution. I think I said to you yep. before we came on air. I'm pretty sure that the win tonight gives the solution. If you didn't have it already, a winning record as Dragons halfback. I think it gives the solution, the winning record, and also gives Mary until around about round 12, even if he didn't win another game. <laughs> Uh, he'd, he'd be breathing easy tonight, I think. Um, they've still got a bit of work to do, but uh, they're going all right, third. Yeah, Didn't exactly. The that. two teams, obviously, way ahead of them on the table. Well, one win is the uh, Roosters, who are 4-0, and the Melbourne Storm, who took out the Tigers. Now, that's a team that we uh, did touch on uh, last week, and the old um, Jason Taylor moving on and mm. the rest of it after we'd recorded. So, 
Yeah. We're very lucky to get anything onto that at all. Now, speaking of Jason Taylor, Cocksmith, you got something else to add to this? Yeah, look, I think I think everyone was up in arms that he got sacked in, in the third week, and I was a little bit confused too. But I think what they've done, I think what the Tigers have done and makes sense, I think that they've seen, take the, the alleged big four out of it for the moment, I think they've seen that the way that the, the, the season for them could have gone, and I think they've jumped in early, and I think you'll find that they'll, they'll appoint a new coach They've got an interim coach in there at the moment, Andrew Webster, doing a good job. Um, I think you'll find that they will uh, bring in a, a full-time coach really soon, to ch- and they'll probably even try and save this season. Not sure if they'll make the eight. They're, they're right at the bottom of the table at the moment. But I think I think they've done the right thing. I, I, you know, JT was probably a little bit confused by it all. You know, you come into a season, you've mm-hmm. gone through a preseason, um, but I think they've done the right thing, and and um, yeah, I, I think that they'll benefit from it. Um, from, from doing that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the element of giving your team a chance or your club a chance to have something to get out of the season is yeah, probably it, the it gives you hope. Here. It gives you hope and, you, and your, your fans still turned up. They turned up today at, at Leichhardt, though not a bad crowd at Leichhardt today, a few empty seats, but um, a good Sunday afternoon crowd at Leichhardt and, and I think that the team performed much better, obviously, like I mentioned before, that they, they definitely they turned up and, and that's all you can ask the team to do. Um, they've got some work to do and... Uh, you know, I really hope that these that the alleged big four don't try and hold them to ransom. I think if they do do that, then um, the new coach is going to be tested early. But I think it, if, it is, if it is Cleary that comes in, I don't think they'll want to test him too much. I think he's a, a man of his word, a man of his conviction, and um, you know, uh, a few of them might find themselves looking for a new club. Yep, you're out there at uh, Leichhardt today, mate. Uh, in Inspired performance from the players in the first half. Is that a fair comment or not? Oh, mate, I think that I think that the Tigers played a lot better than I've seen them play since the South game. So for the last two weeks, yep. the the only thing that I found difficult to get, you know, you know, through my thick head was why the players actually turned up today, but they didn't really seem to turn up in the last two weeks. Um, I think you could you could probably say hats off to them. They've they've had a dig. Yeah. What happened for the previous two weeks? Well, that's uh, Andrew Webster's um, conundrum, I guess, oh. to, to see where they come out in train and, and play next week because I think he'll probably still have... Do you reckon he'll still have the gig as of next week after that performance today? He might do, mate. I think that they... I think whichever coach they're going to go with, I think they're ironing out um, a few bits and pieces. Uh, you think about it, if you're Ivan Cleary or any other coach and you wanted to go there or you, you decided you are going to go there, you'd want some pretty... Um, you know, hard guidelines put in place that you were going to get to run that football team and um, have an influence on who signs and who doesn't. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think that the best coaching, uh, the best coaches over the last uh, x number of years have had control of the football team uh, as well as retaining players and and um, uh, recruiting players. So I think the, the short list. We obviously think that Cleary will get it. That's yep. still our tip. Uh, I think the other people on the list, like, they reckon Tuvi, but then he came out today. I think you sent me something during the week about Tuvi. What was that? Uh, yeah, Tuvi, uh, Tuvi was quoted during the week as saying that he won't be going anywhere. He's happy where he is. And he's um, at, at the moment, actually, he's just trying to get his visa in, in place. So he's really fighting to get that. Um, that's at Bradford, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he, he, I don't think he's going anywhere, mate. This is a new challenge for him. And I think you'll see him there for a few years in England. Yeah, the other names we had touched on, but I mean, we could touch on everybody. Yep. Uh, Todd Payton, I think, is now out of the race. People are claiming the North Queensland assistant coach. Uh, Laurie Daly apparently is in the mix, but I think there are different stories around that. Yeah, I think I think that there's a lot of speculation about anyone who could possibly coach that team. Um, and we've heard about the Walker brothers. Um, you know, they've been thrown into the mix. Laurie Daly, um, Payton. Um, 
I think I think even yeah everyone's had a, had been mentioned. I just I just can't especially I think Pasco came out and said the CEO mm. and he said oh they want an experienced coach so yep. look, it'll be Ivan Cleary uh, just a matter of I guess when that actually happens. Uh, just speaking of coaches and you were talking about the L, uh, element of um, having control over your roster. I'm just going to play something now. This is from Andrew Johns or you actually heard it at the start of the show. Sorry, uh, Andrew Johns on the Bulldogs. Uh, here's here is it again. They were never in the game. The Bulldogs. A, a hopeless display by the Bulldogs. They were outclassed, they were out-enthused. I have to say, the Bulldogs, I can see they're trying to, or they've changed the way they play, but they haven't got the skill to do it. So many passes go to ground, so many passes go behind players, their skill level isn't up to, up to first grade level. Okay, so Joey's pretty scathing about the Bulldogs' performance against Manly on the weekend. Cocksmith, uh, is he right? Correct, totally correct, mate. They, I think Andrew might have said that they looked like uh, boys playing men. Um, if that wasn't him, I'm sorry, Joey. It was someone else on Channel Nine. If it wasn't wasn't Joey, and it's exactly right. They they looked like they were three or four classes below Manly. Uh, they didn't look like they had much of a much of a game plan going in. Uh, a lot of ad lib football that just wasn't working. Um, passes not going to hand. Passes going to ground. Um, Another another commentator during the day again I forget who it was but um, I often flick you know I think it might have been uh, Gordon Tallis said during his radio broadcast today that these guys have got some size about them Canterbury mm. and um, he'd like to see them you know come off the back fence when they're doing their runs but they seem to be playing very pretty football um, uh, you know the eight the ten the eleven the twelve the thirteen seem to be playing pretty football mm -hmm. rather than hard football and. Um, I think that's the key. I think they've got some big bodies there and they've got some pretty angry blokes and I think that they should be, uh, uh, as Fletch says, a ripping and a tearing. They get a, that's the second time I think we've had a reference I to like the old uh, Fletch man. Yes. Uh, I think they've got the uh, Broncos this Thursday night at uh, ANZ. So wow. if you are going to aim up, it's a team to try and aim up against. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a challenge. Sure. Uh, the quickly, uh, Bulldogs 1-3. There are a bunch of teams actually 1-3, uh, Cocksmith, after mm -hmm. the first four rounds. We'll go through them now yep. in the order they are on the table. Uh, the Raiders are 11th, the Titans are 12th, the Bulldogs are 13th, Warriors 14th, uh, Knights 15th, and Tigers 16th. Mm. I'm pretty sure I wrote off a couple of those teams last week on the podcast in terms of being our top eight contender. Yep. Of those teams there, give me two sides you think are still in the running for sure. Look, last week I made a mistake, and I and I I I'll put my hand up. Someone pulled me up on it this week. I, I wrote the Titans off last week. I don't think you can write them off. I don't think you can write the Titans off uh, or the Raiders. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it, it's but those other four teams, if you had to try and squeeze another team in, you got Bulldogs, Warriors, Knights, and Tigers. Yeah, I I, I can't see. I can't see those last four getting off the bottom four. They might mix it up. I don't know who's going to finish last, but um, I'd say that they're probably going to be pretty much stuck down the bottom four for a little while. Um, the the Bulldogs have got enough good players and the style they play, as much as it's been useless in the last couple of weeks, the fact is they, they grind games out. They can find ways to win matches. And all of a sudden, you look at the table and they've won four of the last five and they're yeah. back in contention. Yeah. The Warriors are the team that seriously worry me. I mean, we watched that game tonight <laughs> after you headed back from Leichhardt. And oh, I'll tell you what. I mean, I picked against the Dragons because I just don't trust the Dragons. Yeah. The, you just don't know what you're going to get. The team in the NRL, the you, Dragons. You, do not gonna, oh, you don't know what you're going to get with the Warriors, do you? You don't know. We're if not going to get four in, evidently, because he pulled out with a hamstring in the warm up. just beforehand. Uh, you don't know if you're going to get a, a, a team that's uh, you know going to blitz anyone in the world or if they're just going to play like a bunch of also runs. A, a few a few things tonight, a few options they made were you know, mind boggling. 
Yeah. Anyway, but that's the that's the sort of look at that sort of one and three scenario for yep. a lot of teams. You probably do not want to end up one and four. That's a fair statement. But no. uh, look, at the end of the day, we are only four rounds in, so we're being a little bit melodramatic. Look, we'll uh, talk about a few other things. Uh, one more topic after this on the Footy Show. I love the smell of not the Footy Show. In the morning. All right, it was time for a break then because we've just been blabbering for a good three or four minutes too long. I wanted to quickly talk about the Panthers. Now, Coxsmith, you were out at uh, Pepper Stadium or Sporting Bird or Santa Bird, whatever it's called. Pepper. Pepper, sorry. How dare they uh, corporately give their name away to somebody. Pepper Pig. And Lotto Lamb was amazing on Saturday. Mm. Uh, I wanted to talk about the interchangeable nature of the uh, Panthers. Yeah. Um, this is something that I'd sort of message you about and we obviously wait till we, we chat everybody. But this is a team that can probably survive three or four crippling injuries to that team because mm. they've got depth in almost every position. Yeah, and the guys who come in who may not even be in first row at the moment, they get the job done. We saw it on Friday night. They lost Bryce Cartwright obviously two weeks in a row, but then they lost James Fisher Harris, who was his replacement. Yeah, and then this kid Corey Hawira Nira, oh, I've butchered your name, sorry, <laughs> champ. Uh, but he's come in and <laughs> he looked fantastic. I heard that he likes Naira. Apparently, Naira. He, the last part of his surname he likes Naira. Naira. I believe. Okay. Um, mate, Gus and and uh, Anthony Griffin out there, they seem to. They seem to have a stash of players that nobody has ever heard or seen before, and they wheel them out. It's um, from the it's from the success of their twenties. Yeah, they've they've absolutely. been competitive. I think every single season in that that twenties thing, and that is like a fantastic breeding ground ground yeah. of talent. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, we, if you go through their team, I reckon there's only, and it's a stretch for me to say it, but I reckon there's only one position they can't cover with injury, and that's more than at fullback because I think he's just that influential to their team. But Every other position on the field, they have cover for. Yeah. If you have uh, Tamari Martin or Nathan Cleary get hurt, yes. Peter Walsh goes to the halves. Yes. Peter Walsh gets hurt at hooker. Mitch Rain comes from New South Wales Cup up into the yeah. into first grade. Or, or Mr. Gogo Gadget could go there. Who's yeah. Mr. Gogo Gadget? Peachy. Can everybody. Peachy can play Peachy anywhere. Everywhere. He, he, did, anywhere. he does like that. And that's the thing. He's covering centres. He's covering, covering back row. Yep. They've got a billion players out there who seem like they can just come in. Dylan Edwards can't get a start out there. Yep. But Josh, Josh Mansour coming back from injury in, you know, probably still six to eight weeks plus. What a nice problem to have. It's a fantastic issue to have. And I mean, uh, Peter Hicku wasn't Hicku. in first grade. I think he came on the bench again on the weekend. Mm. He's in your best three-quarter line as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. But finding Dean, a place Dean for Farre. Dean is playing kind of a half a game at centre, half a game at, on the wing and, and killing it as he does. Yep. Um, you know, Wanga Blake. And Isaiah Yo. Isaiah, as well, yeah. Jeez, he's a good player. He's a fantastic football. You yeah. said Blake. He probably had a bit of a down game on Friday night, but mm. that's a that's a team that look at the start of the year. Everyone was saying premiership. Now that's still a, that's a big bridge to climb and the rest of it, and, mm. and we'll probably discuss that as the season goes on. But they just look top four material deluxe, don't they? They really do. They've got a class about them this year. They've got confidence, and I think that you know having having these other players that can play the positions, um, you know, if they do get an injury, um, gives them the confidence. Uh, I think I think they're doing a great job out there. No, it's a fantastic effort and a credit to that organisation. Uh, also for putting up Frozen Oak on uh, Friday night. Did you get a sip? They didn't give me any. What? No, they didn't give me any. I spoke oh. to I spoke to who did I speak to out there? I think I spoke to the uh, to the media guy Jeff, and I said to him, you know, where's where's my Frozen Oak? And he just he just looked at me. Like Disappointed. A, yeah, no Frozen Oak. No flurries and slushies. Or whatever. So you can afford some Frozen Oaks. Who's that? The next guy who we'll be talking about in this uh, podcast, Jason Tamalolo. They call me Kamalolo. They call me Kamalolo. Whoa! I go with the flow. All right, Cocksmith, we are going to quickly touch on the 10 year contract that uh, one Jason Tamalolo has uh, put pen to paper on at the Cowboys. Uh, 
no official figure on what he's actually being paid, but the, the number being thrown around was, what, a million bucks a year? Well, it's $10 million over 10 apparently, and I think that... You know, that average is out at a million a year, but I think you'll find that it started about 750 or so and then go up in 50 increments or, or, or whatever. Okay, let's look at both points of view here. I think for Tamalolo, is it too long? Part of me says it probably is a little bit of a too long a contract, only because, you know, in we've, we've touched on this last week, but the salary cap could be interesting in the yeah. next couple of years. Yeah. But at the same time, he's just picked up $10 million for 10 years. I mean, his body may not last 10 years. That's the way it is, but... I reckon it's a great deal for him. I think it's a good deal. I, I, I just wonder if he had gone onto the free market what he would have been worth over those 10 years. And, I, and I, I'm a little bit apprehensive about any player signing for 10 years because I think that at some stage, one of the parties is going to be a bit annoyed about the deal. Um, someone's going to feel like they're being ripped off. Um, you know, God forbid it happens, but if Jason uh, Tamalolo gets injured next year and has a career-ending injury, what happens? Well, that's the thing. And I mean, I, that... We know contracts are interesting mm. at the best of times in rugby league. I think you look at it from the club point of view and they've just secured the best forward in the game yeah, they have. for 10 years. Even if it gives them only five great years, mm. the appeal factor of playing up there with Jason Tamalolo, especially given that Thurston will go after, not after next year, he might stick around for 2018, uh, 2019 mm-hmm. potentially, but definitely going around I think next year again. Um, that is a appealing element and you're going to have JT's contract money sitting there yep. so he, they've got a pillar in place that if they lost him I think they were in a lot of, a lot of hurt that's why I think the 10 year deal makes sense for them yeah. if it doesn't see it out he doesn't see it out but if you think about the way that their team is they've got Thurston who I think is we, I think we touched the other day 34 mm-hmm. uh, Cooper's 32 Matt Scott's 32 uh, I think who's the other player I'm thinking of um, somebody in that mix but that's the core of their sort of veteran it's presence. an ageing roster the you know, core of in, them, in yeah. two years they all may not be there that's right. So you need the other element of appeal of, of quality to be there to appeal to the other players to come up. Yeah, and Tamalolo is that ticket. Absolutely, mate. I think any any club in the comp would have would have wanted him. I don't know if, if there would have been too many that would want him for ten years, um, given that you know it's fraught with danger signing anyone for ten years. But I think um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's great for him. It sets him up for life, um, and um, great deal from his manager. I mean, <laughs> was that a million bucks? Well, just. Yeah, well, I guess he gets 10%. Um, but, I mean, not many managers cough up, you know, let's do a 10-year deal to, to a club. Mm, that's um, a very good point. I good marketing. Tell you who his manager is. I have no idea. But uh, I've got a question here from uh, Grant Croxford on Twitter. And this is tied into what we've been talking about. But I'll ask the question anyway. Realistically, how many years before he wants to renegotiate based on his improved performance slash interest from Union or NFL or whatever? Mm-hmm. I think it'll depend on the salary cap. Yeah, it will. If that million dollars is only... X of the salary cap in four years' time, yeah. then yeah, he might want to renegotiate. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a, it's an interesting question, Grant. Uh, I think I think you're I think you're onto something. I think if the salary cap does go up, um, you know, proportionately in the next five years, I think that Jason may have his hand out again, or Jason's manager yep. would have his hand out again to to um, get some more cash. Interestingly enough. Um, what happens if the salary cap goes down? I don't think the clubs will allow that. Right. That's my best way of describing that. Yeah. Uh, Ten years is a long time, though. I it mean, is. If, it if, is. if all of a sudden the media deal wasn't worth what it was. Well, the big question is around next year's salary cap because of the simple fact that the new TV deal kicks in next year, mm. which means theoretically the clubs get more money, which is the whole issue they've been having for so long. 
and that means that the salary cap theoretically then goes up. That's right. the that's the mentality. So I don't see it going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't. I think for sure it won't be the same next year. Okay. But all credit to, as you say, uh, management uh, of both the club and the player. And Tamalello, he can just go crazy for popcorn. Absolutely, it'll be interesting to watch, though, won't it? In in you know maybe not next year or the year after, but knowing that he's he's stuck in there for ten years, um, I just wonder how the itchy feet will, will will kind of feel. Indeed, we'll talk about something close to Clocksby's heart after this. Hi, Richard Simmons here. How about a warm up? All right, this is the topic that you really, 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 really <laughs> wanted to get to. I mean, there were hard-hitting issues here on Not The Footy Show, episode 159. Warming yeah. up on the field. It's oh, all mate, yours, Costa. I hate it. I really hate it. I, I love the theatre of rugby league. I love the fact that uh, back in the day when I, used to, when I was a little boy and I used to go to the, the football, you, you'd be really excited if you saw a player in the car park because you knew that you were never going to see him again until he ran out into the field. Now they warm up on the field. I, I can't stand it. I love the theatre of rugby league, and I think it takes away from the theatre of rugby league. Um, watching them warm up on the field, and then they go back inside for three or four minutes, and then they come back out again, they make their grand entry. It's, it's like, you've already made your grand entry. When did that start? When did, when did you notice that the players are coming out in the field and, and warming oh, up? Probably, probably 10 years ago. Okay. I, I think it's been going on for about 10 years. Mate, they, they, don't, they don't do it at grand finals. They don't do it at state of origins. They don't do it at test matches. And I know that, People will say, yeah, but they're all played at ANZ and they can warm up in their dressing rooms. True, but they've also got fields out the back mm. of most of these stadiums or a park that they can they can warm up on. I know it's not ideal, but if one team doesn't warm up, then the other one doesn't warm up to the same level because they're not allowed onto the field. So it's a compromised warm-up. So be it. It's an interesting point you make around the whole theatre element of it because mm. um, I was at Brookie on Saturday, 32 bucks to sit in the hill, great value. Uh, and the whole element of the players coming and warming up, the crowd love that. Yeah, like they love being able to see it and kick along, and then all of a sudden they realise it's going for fifteen minutes, and mm. you know, the novelty kind of wears off. It's, well, it's, they're, they're excited about it when they when the, yeah. the, the players first run on the field. I just don't know how how when they do go back inside for their drink or whatever they go back inside for, um, the grand entry I think is is watered down. And that's exactly what I was going to refer to is that by the time they actually came on. The crowd had already done its little happy days mm. and we, we probably need to see a bit more of that because as you say, when you're at the origin level, at your test level, it's a, it's a buzz. Oh, it's a buzz. You, you, you're seeing your, your heroes or you know the, the heroes of the game run out onto the field for the first time and then they play. And, and I think it's just, um, yeah, I, I love that you know, Sunday afternoon footy. They came out back in the 80s and early 90s when I used to go off to see footy games as a kid. They'd, they'd come out and there they were. Uh, they weren't going to run around and warm up for ten or fifteen minutes. Yep. they were there to play. Yeah, and just quickly on that thirty-two bucks, uh, everybody chose to spend that only that money because there was practically nobody standing sitting in the main seats at, at Brookvale. How much to get into the? How much to get into the main seats at Lotto Land? In the forties, forties and the fifties, and just thirty-two. I mean, I think if I booked it, booked it online, I think I would have saved about five bucks a ticket if I booked it online. If you booked it pre uh, pre because there's like a six dollars fifty. Handling fee. So, fantastic. Anyway, uh, 9,000 people at Brookie on a Saturday... Uh, sorry, Lotto Land. On a Saturday afternoon, um, two teams that had each other and we had 9,000 people there. It did look like more, I'll be honest, sitting there. Yeah, because the TV, the the TV, TV cameras face east. And, and just, there was nobody mm. sitting in the, in the grandstands. And yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, and I, I mean, the price point, and I discussed this in other episodes we've done, 
that price per point was like, I can, I'm fine. I can, I yeah. can, I can pay the thirty two. That's not a drama. Mm. But I'm looking at the people sitting around me, and I'm going, that's that's a big investment for the week for them to put into. Yeah, look, I, I mean, it is, and and I would have thought that twenty five bucks is a nicer number for someone. Twenty is, I think, twenty is your your max on that hit for mm. a hill like that. I, I, I just think GA twenty bucks. I know seriously. you. I know you don't get into the beers or anything, but what would they be charging for a beer? 10, oh. 10 bucks a beer? Oh, maybe not quite that much, but it'd be it'd be as I reckon seven. Yeah. Seven to seven to ten would be the area. So you just whack that on top and So if you go to the football and you buy yourself a hot dog and two or three beers, you're probably gonna be seventy Well it cost me eight bucks fifty for a cappuccino and two donuts. Hmm. Should have, well, they should just open Donut King in there. Seriously, Donut, Donut King Oval. There you go. There's an idea. Forget Brookie. What about Crispy, Krispy Kreme Krispy Corner? I, I'm sure there was a Krispy Kreme somewhere. Yes. Anyway, I'm out of Penrith. Uh, they, call, they call their team whatever they like. Anyway, there we go. Warming up on the field with Cocksmith. Hope that really sort of hit you right where it, where it matters. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be wearing those jumpers every week. Isn't it superhero round? What is it? Rocket Raccoon, I've never heard of him. What sort of superhero is that? The Tigers are Rocket Raccoon. My kids will kill me for not being 100% sure. I think he's out of Guardians of the Galaxy. We'll put him on every week. I'm sure I'll find out about it in a hurry if I've got that wrong. All right, speaking of hitting people right where it matters, uh, the ISC Marvel, Marvel jerseys uh, had their third attempt mm. at uh, capturing the market. Mm. Uh, I was involved in the first two when I was at the NRL and the whole marketing element. And the first year, look, it was a cool concept. Yeah. Um, they only had a few teams involved, and that was the teams that uh, were sponsored by ISC Clothing. Yeah. And there was some really good jerseys. I thought I think the Hulk one was fantastic. Actually, the, the first year, all the jerseys were really good. Yeah. Uh, last year, it, it happened. Um, actually, it was uh, twenty yeah, twenty fifteen happened. Well, we had it twice beforehand for yeah. this year. Uh, and then this year it was a late decision to bring it back in. I didn't see much in terms of marketing for it at all uh, in the last week or so. About th- a month ago, I saw it. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And then they, because I see, I think worked in and they've taken over BLK's market and a few others, and they've got a whole bunch of different teams on board. There's a lot more teams, but I didn't know half of them. As you just heard with Stephen Blocker Roach, he had no idea, no idea who Rocket Raccoon was. I've never heard of Rocket Raccoon in my and life. You, took that game today and you took the photos of the, the jerseys and the rest of it. Well, I oh. said to someone today, I said, I said, these, this orange jersey is, is ugly. I yeah. said it probably a little more colourfully than that. But I said, they're, they're ugly. I mean, who, what superhero is this? I, I had no idea. The interesting thing that I noticed around the whole round, so I saw Manly, they were Falcon or something after being Wolverine or whatever. Mm. But each jersey had the player's name on the back. Yeah. I like, actually like that. Which I think was cool. But the whole reason that's done is so that the clubs can then make money off the selling of the jerseys oh so the players have to hand hand the jersey yeah, yeah. back they'll be, they'll be every every single one will be in the online store oh, no. to auction off okay so it'll make okay. it's another money making element out of it okay it's a charity thing is it i don't know I okay honestly could not tell i i don't know if it is it isn't mm-hmm. um but that's the reason they got the names on the back of the jersey. I, I was asked on on friday night um for the penrith game to make sure that i shot some extra special stuff for bureau 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 Euro. Because they were going to auction With the, the, headgear. the headgear. They are going to auction that off online, and I imagine it's for charity. I imagine it's for a great cause, but, um, yeah, superhero round. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think that it should be for everyone or nobody. I know? must admit, after three year, three uh, goes at it, mm. let's give it a break. It just, I don't know, it just... And let's have real superheroes. I mean... Like? Raccoon. Who was it? Captain Ro- Planet. Rocket 
Did you say Rocket Raccoon? Rocket Raccoon from no. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, no. What, what about Batman? What about... And I know that we're, we're probably talking about different... You know, Marvel might be different. Mm. But I don't know. I, I, I think Superman, Batman, Spider-Man... We've had... That's the thing that I think they, they may have overthought it from the point of view of we've done those teams. No one wants to buy another one of those jerseys. We need new teams. And then you've got new movies and all the rest of it. And mm. I just I think they try a little bit too hard yes. uh, of going out. Because from what I understand, the uh, Canberra ones had... Um, who were they meant Iron to be? Iron Fist or something? Who is that? Who, as it turns out, is one of the worst Netflix original <laughs> series in the history of mankind. It's winning awards for how bad it is. Okay. The jersey didn't look terrible. It sort of it looked like a bathroom. Did it? Did it look to you like it was? Um, it looked to me like it was the Wyong Roos versus the Reds. It was too green. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a weird thing to say about a Canberra side that the jersey was too green. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And they were playing Iron Man. I could not tell that was Iron Man. No, no. Uh, that that was the Broncos one was just Maroon Man or it looked like the it looked like the Rugby Union Reds. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, anyway, that, I think I overthought it as we did this segment. So uh, we'll move on to the next one on the Footy Show. Flick it. Continue. And I'll tell you right now, if Jonathan <coughs> Thurston or Cooper Cronk fell over, you know, knock wood, and a spot came up in the halves for the Maroons this year, I'm taking Corey Norman over Anthony Milford at the moment. I would yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Yeah, I would. I, look, he's a guy that goes in, he gets down on the on the in the machines in the gym, and if you've got to do ten and nobody's watching, he pumps out eight. Because nobody's watching. Yep. Benji Marshall's horrified by it. Which is not good enough. No, it's not good enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're not going to get there with that sort of attitude. All right, this is a big one, uh, Cocksmith. Uh, look, <laughs> even the heading of this uh, on the podcast run sheet is interesting. It's called journalistic integrity. Huh? That's the way I read that line. Mm. I, I just want to touch on a few things that we've heard this week. Um, in the last 24 hours, we've heard a story that uh, the Bulldogs might well go after the Big Four or the yep. whatever they're called. I heard that one today. Might well. That was the basis of that entire article was the two words, might well. Okay. Good one. Uh, we had the Benji Marshall uh, revelation about uh, Anthony Milford during the week as told to a journalist on NRL 360. And then we had the blow up after that when the uh, coach called him out on it. Mm. I'll get to the, the, the bit I saw today, which has tipped it over to the edge for me in a second. But what's your take on this? I'm just going to say to everybody, these delusions of grandeur and importance per journalists at the moment. I think, we, I think we've got to break them down individually. Um, I the Marshall, story, the, the, the Marshall story I heard was actually relayed to the journalist that broke it um, from somebody else and somebody who he trusts implicitly. Yep. So I, I don't, you know, I think it was a bombshell that he dropped um, and it, it could have gone either way. It could have really dropped Benji in it yep. the way that it was said. But at the same time, it was live TV and, um, you know, you can you can kind of, you can kind of um, get a little bit muddled on live TV when everything's coming out. Um, so... Uh, I don't think that was him being egotistical or anything yep. like that. Um, the other one with... Um, quickly, just quickly on that. Yeah. You say it's not egotistical, and I get that from mm. a, a point of view of, hey, look at me. I think it... As I understand it, it was at the end of the show. It was close to the end. It just seems like something he's thrown in there. Mm. Now, that's the bit that I struggled with. What, do you most. think he had he had that in his pocket and he just like, I don't threw think a he, hand grenade? You, or? If, it, if it's that big a story... Mm. It should be on their run sheet. At the, like that should be the first thing that they're jumping on. I, I just think it, it was a little bit of a. Maybe he didn't want to put it on the run sheet because Ben Iken is 
Wayne Bennett's son-in-law. Well, this is true. And uh, we'll maybe Ben would have uh, put the kibosh on it. it. It's a, it, yeah, I just, I don't know. This is where, when you've, I mean, look, we're doing a podcast, so the answer to the question I'm going to give you is pretty obvious. Yeah. You need stuff to talk about. Absolutely. You do. Yeah. Um, I just thought that if it's that big a deal to you, to, I mean, it's Paul Kent, that's who we're talking about. Yeah. If it's that big a deal to him, that it's something he needs to really relate, don't throw it in at the end. Mm. Because that's what's happened at the moment is now it's become a massive story because it seemed like, as to per Bennett's response, mm. that, hey, you haven't got your facts set. Straight. Yeah, I think I think Bennett might have been a bit confused. I, I think Bennett, the first thing Bennett thought was, hold on, Benji's out there you know, telling secrets. Whereas I think Benji might have made an off-the-cuff remark to somebody about, about Milford's training habits previously within off-season. And allegedly, that's why Benji. One of the reasons why Benji was was hired up there was to, you know, instill some uh, some good work ethic in the young. And some blokes. competition, yeah, and some competition, you know. Um, and so he's taken he's taken Milford under his wing, and has um, has basically said to him, you know, uh, when when we've got to do sets of ten, we're doing eleven. Yep. Um, you know, we're not doing eights or sevens if nobody's watching. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think that that. That Wayne was probably annoyed that Benji might have been speaking out of out of school, um, but I think it was just an off the cuff comment, and and PK's picked up on it, and um, and kept it under his hat for a little while, and and pulled it out when he needed to. I think that's the the part of it that I sort of you don't like the on. way that he. I don't think ambushed. he needs to do it. Mm-hmm. Is my be- if if he thought it was news pertinent, yeah, at the start, mm-hmm. hang your hat on it. Yeah, look, there's definitely an argument for both ways, and and um, I I suggest that maybe and 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 only only Candy knows, yep. but I suggest that maybe the reason he didn't put it on the run sheet was like I say, Ben Iken, Wayne Bennett's son-in-law, will probably stick up a bit for Benny, whether he likes it or not, whether he likes to admit it or not, yep. and um, you know I, I think that that PK's thrown it in there, and it leads really to the next part of this uh, discussion. I- and it is not just news outlets. Stupid shows like ours lean heavily on local papers. In fact, whenever this show is mistakenly called journalism, it is a slap in the face to the actual journalist whose work we rely on. I'll give you just one example. Not the footy show. show. Mm. Which is a uh, direct, uh, it's a quote of, of words from Danny Wilder in the Herald this morning. Mm-hmm. And he's referring to, I think, Bennett out of the back of all this and some other stuff that's sort of progressed. And I'll just read it word for word. Bennett doesn't quite get the media. He thinks it's there for him to manipulate, as he did when he was desperately campaigning for the kangaroos job, which Mal Meninga eventually got. Bennett was providing information to journalists who could help him with his campaign. Meninga was aware of that. Bennett thinks we write things for fun or not based on information. The truth is that Bennett's aura is gone. The sheds are not a happy place. He has professional players who are doing. The, he has professional players are doing their job, for now. Yeah. This comes off the back of the two other examples that I've given you. Mm-hmm. I know Danny Wadler gets a lot of information out there from a lot of people. and Very well connected. Very Danny. well connected. Yep. And I know that, look, a lot of people don't like him. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the way that he tends to report things, but that's his job. That's that's the way that he's employed. That's mm. what Seven wants. That's what uh, Seven Nine. No, it's Nine. nine. It's Nine, nine and, wants. So there you go. Didn't know which facts. organization he was part of. Yeah. I'm on fire. Uh, <laughs> the point is, that's the way that it's it's been cultivated. Yeah. The line that I can't get past here mm. is the back-to-back ones, which is Bennett thinks we write things for fun or not based on information. The truth is that Bennett's aura is gone. Okay. 
Now, if you're gonna make a comment like that off the back of not based on information, if you're gonna then say the truth is the Bennett's error is gone, give me some sources. Like just say that X half, like don't just say the sheds are not a happy place. Well, mm. when he wrote this, I think they only just beat in Canberra, but they had lost two games before that. Yeah. If you've walked to any dressing room after a loss, no one's happy in there. Correct. I just, I, I struggle to get my head around how he can write those two things back to back. And I know it's a bit controversial, me having a bit of a crack here and I'm dead set nobody and I get that. But that, as someone who's done this job in the past, uh, interviewing players and the rest of it, I struggle I struggle to see how he can write those two sentences back to back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, interesting. I Look, I, I to be honest with you, I, I don't have a, a massive opinion on this because from, from, from a distance, and I'm not a journalist, I'm not a reporter, I'm just a guy. I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. But I have seen the way that, that Bennett uh, can manipulate mm. things and, and use the media as a tool. Um, and I think it'd be quite frustrating if you're a journalist um, that that's been going on for a lot of years. Um, from my very, very few dealings with Wayne Bennett, he's always been really nice to me. Um, and, you know, uh, I've got to give him fair play for that. But I do see, you know, within the media, I do see and hear the other side, which is, um, you know, I think there was for a while there, he just put a media ban on, on for, for a number of years, I think it was almost, yeah. you know, that he just wasn't going to talk to anyone. We decided that he wasn't going to talk to anyone. And I think, I think um, with the, the revelations of his marriage breaking down recently and him... him you know, I think on page three of one of the papers today, there was a photo of him with his new lady. Um, he wouldn't be liking that too much mm, because he awesome. used to be the infallible coach. He used to be almost the perfect and role I, model. I've just come off reading his book, yeah. the, the Man in the Mirror, mm. um, which I found very interesting. Mm. Uh, he gives views on a lot of the stuff that I guess people are now sort of digging up. And mm -hmm. look, he admits in the book he's not perfect. Yeah, I mean, to be fair... Uh, obviously what he's going through now is it's his own private element that's the bit that I struggle with in this whole attack on him mm -hmm. now one of the biggest things that he's often been um, praised for which you just look at the players that have come and gone from his tutelage they, they think of him as a, as a man manager as much as a coach if not more Yeah, he benefits people and, like, people benefit from being around him and the rest of it so what I struggle with is that he's doing this stuff off the field with a lot of people and doesn't want recognition for it mm -hmm. yet it seems like as a result of people not necessarily enjoying the Bennett experience as a journalist over the last 20 something years yeah now that side of him where maybe he is getting help from people who are his confidants or whatever that's now fair game yeah that's the bit that I and I know journalism is one of those ones where you just got to get the story and you got to but yeah. I don't know I just I find it the, the, the comment in there, the truth that Bennett's aura is gone, was that rugby league related? Uh, that's the, well, that's look, the part I, of it that I struggle with. I think, I think one of the big things about Bennett over, the, over his, his um, career as a coach has been the way that he, he has the dressing room. He has an aura. Um, everyone, well, almost everyone to a man looked up to him and, and would go and perform for him. Yeah. Um, and Wayne's not young. I think Wayne's 67 He's approaching 70 if he's okay. not there already. Um, and 
you know, he's dealing with di- with different eras now yeah. and different people, and and some coaches has have successfully gone and and crossed generations and been able to coach younger players, and maybe I don't know, but maybe Wayne is finding it difficult to get through to some of the younger players. Certainly, their their performances don't say that at the moment, mm. um, but quite often there's murmurings before the performances drop uh, in rugby league in rugby league teams. Um, so I don't know if his aura's gone or not. Maybe it's a little bit of a cheeky stab from from Danny. Um, in and that's there. and that's the part of it that I I struggle with based mm. on that line before. Yeah, we write th- Bennett thinks we write things for fun or not based on information. I, I don't think journalists, you know, I don't think journalists usually write things for fun. I, I think that there's they a, might well there's a well there's a minefield sorry, of, sorry, of, of litigation that could can be um, pursued if, if a journalist writes something that's total BS. Mm. I think that they've, they've got to be very careful. Um, and, and Danny's a professional journalist. Yeah. He's been around for a long time, uh, as has uh, Kenny, and they've both been reporting on rugby league and sport for a long time. I don't think they write things for fun. I don't think Kenty would drop that hand grenade on 360 the other night if, yeah. there, was no, if there was no fact to it whatsoever. Um, and I think that maybe he just dropped it in because that's the way he needed to do it. Um, Obviously, there's a little bit of an issue with with Bennett and some journalists, and this is the way the journalists get square. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that Bennett will will have will fire a salvo or two some way. You know, I mean, it's it's theatre. This this is part of the theatre. You know, and this is a soap opera. Really, the point that comes out of all this for mine mm-hmm. is that rugby league lives off this stuff. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But should we live off this stuff? Probably that, not. That's the th- that's that's my, that's my ultimate point here. We probably should be talking about what ha- what's happening on the field rather than, you know, who Wayne Bennett's going to dinner with. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's a it's not a sustainable environment where I guess you can have the relationship that you would have probably more than I would have um, observed over the years is the way that journalists and players interacted in the past compared to what they do now. Yeah, um, I experienced enough of it when I first got into the area of the business and stuff it's it's not it's it's the the chum the immediate chum factor is not there anymore no no the, the players are very wary uh, and and guarded a lot of the time um you have a look at even if you have a look at any any post-match um interview these days they say the same thing yeah it's it's um homogenized and it's um it's boring i mean and i think that a journalist who can become in inverted commas mates with a player um, that's where they get the stories, you know. Um, yep. So, like I say, though, mate, it's 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 theatre, it's it's soap opera, and uh, you and I may not buy the papers and and um, eat it up, but uh, plenty of people do. They do. <laughs> they sure do. Anyway, after the break, we'll uh, pick a captain for Loz. And here he is in the NRL now, scoring his second try. Yeah, Tyrone Roberts Davis. You yes. got yourself a new hero down in Kempsey with this kid. The Kempsey, that makes him a Queenslander. Kemi, you beauty, another one. That's it, Queenslander. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyone in that? Um, it's not even funny anymore. anymore. That's just not funny. But you're probably right. All right, everybody, if you skip through that last segment, I understand. Uh, you just had to, I guess, go through about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of uh, uh, morality. Uh, here we are picking a team for Laurie Daly, who at this stage is still New South Wales coach. Yes. I wanted to talk about the captain this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think is going to be the choice uh, now that uh, Paul Gallen? Well, he's the, he's the conundrum. <laughs> do you go for a young bloke yeah. who, who could possibly be a five, ten-year captain? Maybe not ten years, five-year captain. Do you go for somebody, you know, the next in line from Paul Gallen um, as far as seniority goes? 
Um, and I think you'd come up with two different answers if you did. Well, that's that's the question. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I honestly reckon there's only two options of the former, mm -hmm. and there's only one option on the latter. Give me your options. I think it's between Aaron Woods and Boyd Cordner uh, for the next five years, captain. Do you think Woodsy's going to make the team? Yeah, I think he will. Mm -hmm. He is doing a press conference as of Monday about State of Origin tickets going on sale, so I, I like his chances. Okay. Uh, with Laurie Daly. So I think there's a really good chance he's in the team. Okay. Uh, and I think the secondary option is Robbie Farrer. And I don't think there's another option there, which is the one that's sort of been there for a while and um, almost looks after the job for a year and then may not be in the team uh, thereafter. I think that's the they're the three blokes that I can think of. The only other name there that I, I, I would put into the mix and I hope that he's in the team because I think he's playing great footy at the moment and played really well last year is James Maloney. Uh, from okay. an experience point of view. I just don't think there's anybody else that I would have in either category. I don't know about you. What are you uh, okay. Well, um, I think Matt Moylan would, would probably make a pretty good captain of that team. I think he's probably going to be there for a while in one position or another. Uh, you know, there's also Boyd Cordner. Um, I, I think the three that you've tossed up... Um, including Cordner, because I see him written down on your run sheet. Um, so he's the favourite, by the way. Yeah, so I, think he's the I, think, I think Woods, Farrah and Maloney would, would all make uh, worthy candidates. I'm just, I'm just worried that Woodsy... I know you're saying he's doing a press, press conference, but if it's picked on form, I'm just worried that Woodsy may not make the team. Um, I, think he's, I think he's certainly... If he's fit, he'll be mm. there. I I'd love him there. Yeah. I, I think he, he lifts again for Origin. I think he played pretty good today. He did, actually. Um, but, uh, but there's also some young pups nipping at his heels, um, a couple of them which we discussed last week from down, down Canberra way. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have Farrah. I wouldn't have Farrah because I, I really think he's only a one... Uh, he's got one year left in him, maybe. Yep. Um, I think if, if Nathan Peets uh, gets his act together and, and can stay uh, fit... Uh, when I say gets his act together, I think he's a fantastic player. I think fitness has been his big, his big um, downfall. Uh, and Maloney, nah. I, I think if Maloney gets, if Maloney does play this year, I, I don't know if he plays six. I think he plays seven, and yep. it's a placeholder. Okay. Um, and I know that sounds terrible because he's a great player, but uh, I think the team, if they're going to, if they're going to build this team, if they're going to um, have constant, um, you know, evolutions of this team and bring in a couple of new players every year. I don't know if James would last that long, and I don't mm -hmm. know. I think you. I think you want a five-year captain. Corden is definitely the favourite. Yeah. Well, um, his performance on Thursday night against the Bunnies he didn't score a try, he didn't make a try saving. He, but a couple of runs he did. Mm. I mean, that's not the reason you just pick a captain. I get that. But he just had his. He had his job, which was to target Adam Reynolds on the right edge of South Sydney, and in the first twenty minutes, Reynolds was out of the game. Yeah, he did. He he gassed Reynolds. Uh, I just love that in it. That's that's the kind of guy that I don't. He doesn't necessarily have to be a great speaker and talker. And that's not that's that's not even related to Cordner. It's just a, a a sort of a truism or whatever. I just love the fact that he is going to be in your team mm. for a start. Yeah, that's the big. thing. It's very reassuring. The big thing that Moylan doesn't it? have yet. Yeah, and that's the thing you can't. I think you can't make Moylan captain. I don't think because there's still a chance that come game one, Daly might back him on the bench and. That's true. You know, you can't have your captain coming off the bench. That's uh, true, but Jizzy played... I mean, I know he played the oh, nights, but Jizzy played good the I other him. night. I think it's it's Cordner 1, Woods 3, and I think there's a lot of years between those two yeah. for what it'll end up being. I think injury is the only reason that I think, and this is my opinion only, uh, Cordner gets... Uh, Woods gets picked out of Cordner, his only injury. If, one of those, if, he's, if Cordner's not there, I think Cordner will be 
the New South Wales captain in 2017. I think, yeah, I definitely think he he's uh, well. Woods and Cordner are probably your two favourites, and and um, you know, I think as the year progresses, we will will come up with some more likelies. Um, maybe not for captain, but for being in the team or uh, in a in a top 20 kind of situation. Um, yeah, captain Cordner for mine at the moment. Done. All right, after the break, we'll wrap things up on Not The Footy Show. Mickey might be able to back me up here, but what we don't see is the things that go on in the game, the verbaling and all that sort of the niggle, the niggle that happens. Well, is he a renowned niggler? So we ask you, look, I don't know him personally, but I've played against Vunavalu a few times, and he can niggle with the best. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, mate, he's, he's a cranky mate, Fiji. Mate, I've mate, you've pinched me thunder. Mate, honestly, I haven't met a cranky Fiji in my life, but he, he mate, grand final night, he yeah, was on another level. Yeah, kid. Mate, mate, he's the angriest Fiji I've ever seen on the field. Okay, everybody, there it is. Another uh, 45 minutes of fun here on Not The Footy Show with myself, Warwick Nicholson, and Cocksmith, Mr. Rob Cox. I just love saying that uh, across from me. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. We got through a lot. We spoke um, some logic and some a lot of dribble. There was a lot of dribble that's in there. That's generally, you know... From it's the, a, it's that's a the, Sunday it's the, night. It's the, it's the the core of what this show really is. Yeah. I think uh, since day one, old uh, Nick McInerney and I, we, we sort of stood there in front of the wild cactus at Pennant Hills in... 2010 or whatever it was mm-hmm. and uh, we were just after mild entertainment yeah. we didn't want to really like blow you away and you just go oh I've got to watch yeah. it everywhere you're just entertaining each other we just went yeah if we, if we can make each other sort of moderately enjoy each other's company yeah yeah, and you know, ever since we stopped on the podcast, haven't seen him. I don't even, know, I don't know where he's, what he's doing. He's like, <laughs> Your mate, uh, good Nick. on you, good on you, Nick. Thanks, uh, Nick. <laughs> stay in touch. Give us a call, Nick. <laughs> Leave a review for us. But you know, what you guys out there can do in, in in the podcast world, you can give us a rating and say, you know, after two weeks of uh, of Cocksmith and Nicholson, I mean, is it yeah. is it just something that you can't live without anymore? Because according to iTunes, and of all the people that we knew who promised us a uh, iTunes rating this mm. week, one bloke has delivered. Uh, and his name is Raiders fan NMC. I'm pretty sure he's also known as H in that uh, WhatsApp forum yeah. that I was referring to before. But this, read, read what the man has said, Cocksmith. What did he say? He said, "Best NRL podcast on iTunes. This kid needs to get out more. Uh, this is this is so good. Content is great, and the guys know their stuff. I've subscribed, and we'll be listening every week." And he finishes off with, "Keep the episodes coming. Keep the episodes I mean, coming. Well, we'll keep them coming." I mean, how can you not make more episodes after a rough like that? I mm. mean, you know, I think my my check did bounce uh, when I sent it to him, <laughs> so I apologise for that, H. Uh, but that's that's really appreciated. I think uh, somebody else, LT, gave us a five star rating as yep. well. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I know Cocksmith in particular. Um, it's nice to know that people want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. We you say I, more than just "yep" every time I speak. Absolutely, I say absolutely. I say yep for sure. I say absolutely. No, I think. Look, I think. I think the um, the the other thing that we spoke about during the week just briefly was that we we're actually gonna we don't know what the prize is yet, but we're gonna offer something within the next month for the best iTunes review. Well, yeah, for the best, well, a randomly chosen iTunes review, and it can be a one star or a five star, but we don't like one star reviews. Um, we will get something. I'm gonna get something from an NRL ground. I'm not gonna steal it. I'm not allowed to steal stuff. Nah, they they fall apart in the mail. I'm going to get something. It might be a sweaty hand towel from a from some guy. I'm going to get something, and we're going to send it to somebody, whoever, whichever one we cleaning it is optional, depending on what it is. I won't clean it. No, I'm not going to clean it. I'm going to send it with the DNA on it. It It could be an (laughs) old bit of tape that's come off of Matt McIlrick's head. It could be some. It could be anything. You've aimed high. Yeah, yeah. It could be a bit of Leichhardt turf. There you go. Picked out of my football boots that I wear when I shoot oh, the games. Oh, there we go. I mean, that's just... You're going to get a picture of that. We'd send yeah. you that. No, we'll, we'll get something good. I'm going to get something good. But we need the, we need the reviews and to And we come. are relying on Cocksmith entirely here because I've lost my, uh, my credentials. 
credentials. You've been banned, um, so yeah, you know, I did sneak into the uh, the photographer's room at Brookvale. Did you uh, really the other night? Uh, old uh, Grant, the second best photographer in the NRL, <laughs> Treville. Uh, he's he, the best, uh, actually. No, he's he's he, awesome. He's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah. He won't, won't have got to this part of the podcast anyway, so no, he, he won't. Probably, he, he would have clocked. If out. he starts listening, he would have to, yeah. If he starts listening to this podcast, he'll have it turned off within about thirty seconds. Yeah. Last week, he said he sent me a very sarcastic uh, message saying, "Great podcast." Mm. And that was it. Mm. So yeah, different. Different when I confronted him about that in the uh, sheds on the weekend. He was, oh yeah, I've really listened to it. It's great. It's, yeah, right. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, you can. Uh, yeah, sorry, that was my little sneaky. I, as I left, I did get pulled up by security saying Ooh. you can't go out through the. Uh, Don't do that. The players exit. Yeah, I, I would have dobbed you. Which, which I would is, have had you. Thrown which is out. literally just like a gate at Brookvale, like between you and the. Yeah. yeah anyway, not happy. I would have had you. Thrown Don't you know out. who I am? Uh, <laughs> moment. Uh, anyway, uh, give us some love on iTunes, please. Uh, obviously. You're listening to the podcast, so you know where to look. But otherwise, just NRL podcast on iTunes. We'll find you there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at NRL Tweet. This man's at Rob Cox. That's two Bs. R-O-B-B-C-O-X on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Instagram's a place really to follow this man. Yeah, that's where I'm mostly active. He remembered his uh, Twitter password and yeah. got back in. And all I got was abuse for, for saying that the Titans were um, not going to uh, finish anywhere near the top this year. I'm lucky. Uh, anyway, and also on uh, uh, Facebook as well, just facebook.com slash NRL podcast. Please, if you can just, I don't care if you just say yay. That's all you need to reply with. Just give us some feedback on. Some questions too. We need some questions, questions for next we, week. We had some, we had some decent stuff. Um, yeah, okay. That yeah, because we had that Grant. I made up. Yep. Grant, obviously, is our most loyal uh, listener, I think. Yeah, more memory. questions. Questions if you can. Great. But yeah, definitely an iTunes rating helps us because it puts the show further up on the iTunes uh, subscriber yeah. board. That's as simple as that. That's, yep, rate us. Right, as if you can. Uh, so I've been Warwick Nicholson. And I'm Rob Cox. Oh, see? see it's Rob Cox. Rob Cox. And if uh, Maddie Duncan has come good, we have a bonus uh, Benji Watch uh, this episode after the end of this podcast. So thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. Next week. Next week. Let's do it next week. We're done. You I, can I, come to Camden next week. I'll make you T-bone or something. Yeah, I, I did look after you tonight. It's mm, a good T-bone steak. Good T-bone steak. Yep. Mm, mm, it's time for dessert. All right, we'll talk to you later on Not The Footy Show. Benji Watch. And here come the Village Motors at Redcliffe Dolphins. Of course, as mentioned earlier, four players making their Dolphins debut tonight, including the New Zealand International and former Golden Boot winner Benji Marshall. He's in Jersey 23, but he's named to play in the custodian position fullback this evening. The fifth and last on the Blackhawks draw it down the touchline. Marshall better swallow it up. Oh no, he's dropped it. And the crowd groans. Oh, Benji's career with the Dolphins not off to a good one. Starts with a knock on. Blackhawks scrum 10 metres out. Clear stop. Centimetres short of the try line. Hounson in the dummy half. He's got options left and right. There's a long ball to Hazard. Hazard on to Marshall. Marshall grubbers through for Behag. Oh, try time Dolphins. A pinpoint perfection from Marshall on the kick. And the flying winger Behag gets there to ground it for a Dolphins a four-pointer. Parker Walsh grubbers into the end goal. Marshall there to clear to the ball. No, he's had a best week. Oh, the Blackhawks have scored. No, Hazard gets there to ground the ball. Oh, crisis averted for the Dolphins. Oh, just like a weekend hacker trying to get the ball out of the sand on the 80th hole. Benji's just gone straight over the top of that one. Come up with nothing but fresh air. Luckily for him, Christian Hazard there to save his bacon and so prevent a certain Blackhawks try. Parker Walsh kicks for his outside man. Oh, Ruben playing. He's going to get that now. Well, saved by Marshall. He gets there to bat the ball dead. Good work from the Redcliffe fullback. 
Chapter 5 and it goes to Marshall. He bounced it downfield and oh, it's out on the floor. He just had a little bit too much on that one. Oh, good run from Lodge. He's still going. Oh, he gets the offload away. Jungled by Marshall. He has to go back for it. He scoops it to Tuali. Oh, Tuali's gone straight through a big gap. Still going, Tuali. He comes to the fullback. Oh, he goes straight past him. Oh, he's pulled down by a try saver from Mosley. Dolphins 10 meters out. Pratt and the dummy half. It's a slow play the ball. Them. They go to the line. Marshall, he double pumps. It's a short ball to gamble. It's a try. Oh, another Dolphin four-pointer. Benji had the defense on the back foot, and there was always going to be trouble for the Blackhawks. And he got it to the debutante. Young Tyson Gamble, and he crosses for a try for the Dolphins. Not the British show. Pepsi.